National Bank State Street Studio. This is Black and Abdallah. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. For Greeny today here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Usually you hear us weeknights, 6 to 8, right here on ESPN 1000. Today, filling in for Greeny. If you want to join the conversation, you can call us at 312-332-3776. We know this offseason for the Bears. They have all the cap space in the world. Most in the NFL, free agency is right around the corner. The Bears have the number one pick in the draft. Chances are, I think most of us Bears fans would like the Bears to move out of number one, move back. Hopefully, multiple times, keep collecting picks to then build out your roster for the future. And the reason why we suggest that is I think you and I both agree on this. Justin Fields is the face of the franchise. He's the future of this team. And there's a lot of growth that he still has in front of him to develop into a top-line quarterback in the National Football League. Therefore, to me, I don't think the Bears should trade Justin Fields. I think they they may have to make it appear as if they're willing to move off of Justin Fields to create leverage for themselves in trades uh, around the NFL draft. But to me, Justin Fields showed us enough throughout this second season in the NFL, enough flash plays, enough passing down the field, enough game-breaking plays that he is a special talent and he's someone to build around for the future. Turn my mic on. Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, I was coughing earlier, so I had enough. Um, I feel like we've seen enough from Justin Fields that, like, why would we spend half of the season and 95% of the offseason leading up to the Super Bowl for the Bears, obviously not the offseason for the NFL, comparing him to Jalen Hurts, right? And saying, hey, uh, this is what we hope he can be a quarterback that carried his team during the Super Bowl that got them to a Super Bowl that was in the MVP conversation all year just to be like, nah, we're good. We'll take a a shorter dude who's like 5'11", smaller frame. Yeah, he played at Alabama because you don't think we're going to get the exact same calls if Bryce Young starts missing throws. They're like, oh, well, look, he he had some of the best wide receivers ever. He didn't. Uh, He had one of the best offensive lines ever. He didn't. I'm Bryce is great. There is a chance that Bryce Young could be a great quarterback in this league. Sure. Do I think he's going to come out and be Joe Burrow and automatically become, after two, three years, be the the second best quarterback in the NFL after Patrick Mahomes? I don't think so because I think he's too small. I think he's shorter. He's too short. I think that his stature is too small to stay healthy the way that quarterbacks can sometimes take a beating if they have to run. And he ran a little bit in college. He's not like a run-first quarterback, but he does have speed, and he did run a little bit. I watched every single one of Bryce Young's snaps in college at Alabama. He's a great player. He turned a lot of uh, nothing into something last year because his offensive line wasn't the best. And he had his leading wide receiver last year was his running back. I'll say that over and over again. His leading wide receiver last year was his running back. And so, yeah, he did a lot with not very much. But why would you reset the clock? We're talking about a team that we hope gets to eight or nine wins this season in the hunt. 
and then in two years is a playoff team that's contending for an NFC championship because they added enough talent around Justin Fields, and he takes that next step and improves as a passer. We know he can run, so now he just has to improve as a passer, and there were times we saw that last year. Why would you just reset the... I've seen enough from Justin Fields to say that I don't need to reset with Bryce Young. Now, if this was Caleb Williams, if this was... I haven't seen enough Drake May to say that, but if this was Caleb Williams, we might be having a different conversation because as many draft experts are starting to say that this class is not next year's class. Next year's class is a lot better just because of Caleb Williams and Drake May. Well, let's say that right now. I would also throw out the caution to the wind that when it comes to scouting NFL quarterbacks, it has happened in the past where a hyped name has been the guy a year away, mm-hmm. and then his next season in college football doesn't quite live up to the same hype mm-hmm. as we expected. I'm a USC fan. Like you watching Bryce Young, I watched every snap of Caleb Williams. He won the Heisman. He was the best player in college football last year. I would like to see it again. He's a little casual with the football in the pocket. Uh, at times, he does not handle adversity well. Uh, I I would say bad body language guy, Mm -hmm. but when he makes great plays and when they're rolling, he's almost unstoppable. But I don't know if it's quite uh, the solidified absolute number one guy next year until he does it again. I would just like to see a little bit more. If he showcases a little bit more, it'll be a great season next fall Mm -hmm. for my favorite college football team. That'll be great. Uh, And Drake May as well. He put up a lot of stats, but Mm -hmm. North Carolina didn't really win uh, anything of note last no. season in college football. So you'd like to see that. I, I but say, I don't you think know, he's going to be like... would go towards Will Levis. Will gonna... Levis coming into last year was yeah. supposed to be the no question, no doubt about it, number one guy in this draft class. Except last year at Kentucky, he was okay. He, was, he wasn't that great. I don't think you're going to get the Will Levis type year from drake may though like i feel like like north carolina might not win but drake may is going to put up numbers yeah he will and caleb williams will put up numbers as well yeah you know i don't think uh caleb williams is quite the same as matt barkley like matt barkley stayed a year too long at usc and when he eventually got to the nfl it was like oh yeah we kind of we know what you are you're a career backup Mm -hmm. you're no longer the touted number one guy that we thought you were because we've seen enough uh on the college football field so uh, speaking of quarterbacks, earlier today on KJM, 5 to 7 a.m. here on ESPN 1000, Keyshawn Johnson had this to say about Bryce Young and Justin Fields. He's a nice player in college, there's no question about it, but I've seen enough of of Justin Fields in a short period of time to make me believe if they do the right things in free agency and in the draft, two years from now, the Bears will be a playoff team. I've seen enough. So there's Keyshawn Johnson on uh, KJM here on ESPN 1000 each and every day, 5 to 7 a.m. I think the key here is with what Keyshawn is suggesting is not a hot take, right? Like it's a measured, mm-hmm. thoughtful opinion. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I don't think what Keyshawn Johnson said there is going to get on the bottom scroll of any of the talking head shows throughout the day because it's not dramatic enough. No. But... It's an opinion that I agree with, you agree with, and I think hopefully most Bears fans should agree with. I get it. It's not the flashy, this is going to make the headlines on the talking head shows throughout the afternoon, but it's, I think, the smart approach that the Bears should take. No, I, I agree with you because I think that he believes what we believe and what we've seen is that 
surround fields with talent. Go get a top wide receiver, whether that is trading for T. Higgins this year uh, or drafting a wide receiver at 9 or 7 or wherever you end up, 13, 14, whatever it is. Wherever you end up, draft a wide receiver uh, and shore up this offensive line. Give Justin Fields time to throw. Give him weapons to throw to. And he can accomplish what we think he can, and that's getting to the playoffs and then hopefully winning a few playoff games. Like, the, like you're right. It's not a hot take because saying a team that believes in their quarterback, that has the number one overall pick to trade back for assets, that has the most amount of cap space, might be a year or two away from making the playoffs. Like, the hot take would be after, after they spend and trade that number one pick and get a buttload of draft picks, this team's going to the NFC Championship game. Like, that's the hot take. It's not, it's a very measured take. Like, this isn't, they don't call it measured takes. Wow. Like, it's not first take. It's not called measured takes. It's called first take, right? Or like, you have a take, I'll have a take. It's after lunch takes, whatever, yeah. whatever's on FS1 in the afternoon. The measured take, and this will be my take all, all off season and into next season, is that I would like to see them win eight games, be in the hunt, and in two years, make the playoffs and win a couple playoff games. Johnny in Buffalo Grove talking football with Black and Abdallah. What's up, Johnny? Hey, guys, always a pleasure listening to you instead of Greeny in the morning. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, Johnny. Um, What's up, man? So going back to what you guys were talking about and how you think you should build the D-line through free agency, I'm thinking the opposite way. Build that offensive line. Have a veteran group up there that have seen blitzes and schemes that could help slow uh, help our quarterback in his progression, slowing down so he doesn't feel like he has to hurry. I think that would be more of a better way to go. And then we build the defense through the draft. What do you guys think? Yeah, that's certainly a way to handle it, Abdallah. I, I think that that's where if you get the offensive line, you allow your quarterback to develop even more. To me, um, the most important thing for this offense would be he needs a number one wide receiver. An upgrade yeah. with the receiver position, I think, will assist the quarterback more than spending or fixing the offensive line. I know it's shocking to hear because a lot of people just want to scream and yell about how the offensive line sucks. They were good enough to be competitive last year. Justin Fields was good enough to be competitive last year. What let the offense down was not the offensive line. What let the the offense down last season was the lack of competent wide receiver help. Mm -hmm. And once Darnell Mooney was out, there was nothing. And you're starting games with Pringle and St. Brown, and guys that just can't get open. When the ball hits them in the hands, they're dropping it. If you get a number one wide receiver, Mooney becomes your two, Clay pulls your three. Now you have guys who can start to make plays for the quarterback. It opens up. And at that point, that actually helps the offensive line because the ball, one-two step, balls out from fields. He's going to his guy because he knows that number one wide receiver is going to get open. He'll fight for the football. That's what's missing in this offense. It's not the offensive line. Yes, can they use an upgrade there? They absolutely could. Mm -hmm. They could use an upgrade at the offensive line position, but that's not the reason why the offense was so bad last season. Yeah, and I think that you can can kind of do a mix of both though, right? Because to me, when when the offense did break down, it was because of health, like you mentioned. But also, there's no depth on that defensive line or offensive line. You need a mix of both. You need a couple vets. 
You need a, a couple rookies. You need some younger guys to play well. You need Tevin Jenkins to continue to play well and progress as an offensive lineman. You need Braxton Jones to play well and progress as an offensive lineman. But you also, like, you can't just go off of the grizzled, we just need grizzled veterans there, right? Because the, your offensive line gets old, they get hurt. You're more likely to get hurt as you get older, that kind of stuff. So, like, I want to see a mix. I need depth on this team, too. Like, you can't have, like you mentioned, Mooney get hurt and Chase Claypool get hurt, and then it's Pringle, Velas Jones, and Equiminius St. Brown. Like, I can't, that's, not, that's not a way to, do, to, to uh, have a successful passing game in the NFL. You need Equiminius St. Brown and Byron Pringle to be your depth guys, right? Like, you need those guys to be mixed in, but not your, like, guys that are your ones, twos, and threes. When we look back on last season, it will be surprising to look in the record books, look on Pro Football Focus or Pro Football Reference, and look at the box scores at the end of last season and say, why didn't the Bears just line up in the T formation? Because of some of the starting yeah. receivers that they rolled out in December. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like, you know, we are the team with the T formation. Why didn't we go that route last year? Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Talking Bears with Black and Abdallah. What's up, Adam? Adam. 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 Hi. I can I can just talk. There's My something name's... there's something there. It sounds like a windshield wiper. It's raining outside. Adam, you there? Adam. Eberflow. Hey. No. Oh. Hey, oh. hey. 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 Sorry. Good morning, guys. Hello. Adam. What's up, Adam? Good I'm, morning. I'm in the I'm in the middle of uh delivering. I'm working right now. Oh. Uh, what type of delivery? What are you delivering? Uh I'm doing Amazon. Nice. nice. Do you wish you could well, only deliver four days a week and have a three-day weekend? No. no. Okay. So my take is what if we do nothing in free agency? We do nothing. We trade down and get a whole bunch of uh, draft capital, okay. tank another year, oh. and they get Marvin Harrison next year, and then we go smooth sailing and we just go all out then. So you want to watch another year where they're not competitive? Well, still be competitive, but try not to win. Try well, not to win. Okay, the, there's the, the few the few problems in in your uh, theory here, Adam. Is one they have to spend because you have to hit a floor, and they have to hit. It's like a three year average or something like that. They have to hit that, so they have to spend in free agency. Two. I believe, and Chris believes, we, the, not even the royal, the royal we, we believe that they have a franchise quarterback in Justin Fields. So why would you tell him, hey, we're just going to suck again, and we're not going to build around you, but you know what, we hope you stay, and we're just going to get you killed all year, and you're going to have no one to throw to again. Yeah. But our hope is to have a very high pick for Marvin Harrison Jr. Here's what I'm telling you is the better case scenario, Adam. Here's what you should. Here's what you should, you can you can do another delivery, hang up, what? call back, oh. and this is this this could be your take. I'm going to write your take for you. Okay, here's what your take should be. Your take should be go out, spend in free agency, improve this team, become an eight or nine win team, be in the hunt, 
and in the draft, trade back enough times so in 2024, you have three first-round picks in 2024, your own and one from two other teams. Then you do what the Eagles did, and you can either trade up for Marvin Harrison Jr. or trade for the next disgruntled wide receiver, add him in, boom, instant playoff team, and then you're set to go. There's your take. He didn't like it. Thanks thanks for the call, Adam. Appreciate you. Eberflus. Isn't that how you get him? And how do we know that Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be this great? Like you said at this time, like highly touted uh, guys that are with one year left uh, in college might not be that great. Like I'm sure he's going to be fine. I'm sure he's going to be great. But there are other ways to go around and think, get him. I think he's going to be pretty good. So do I. Can but we set that aside, Adam, and just focus on the competitively tank aspect of the I mean, call? what are we doing here? <laughs> let's competitively tank. Isn't that exactly what the Bears did this year? They were, they had like... <laughs> let's, let's be in every game, but then lose them on purpose. They well, had like six one-loss games or something like that, whatever right. it is. And Fields it, it, is going to love it. You call him into the huddle. Here's what we're going to do, Justin. Throw an interception. Drop the ball. And what they did to him last year was a disservice. Yeah. I mean, they had a guy that was improving each and every week, yet who he was rolling out there with was not worthy of a competitive team, and he was single-handedly keeping the Bears in those games. Yeah, There, there were many games that he was the reason yeah. they were playing. The defense was atrocious. Yeah. They couldn't stop anyone. Nope. The Lions going down the field, scoring touchdowns at will. The, the Dolphins not being able to be stopped first downs every single time they touch the ball. I'm not tanking for a wide receiver. And Justin receiver. Fields is out there by himself. And Adam wants to tank not, again. Nope. Not me. At a certain not point, this Adam. You, you have to start getting players to make life easier for your quarterback. Like I don't understand why you yes. just not sign anybody. There you go. Don't I sign agree. anybody. Sit on your money. Hold <laughs> it for next year. That's not how it works. Poor Adam. He's, he's out making deliveries, and then we're trying to have a, a conversation. Abdal lays out this entire plan. And he's just uh, not. A take that he could use, and all you hear is the door close. I just wanted him to. <laughs> that's what he should think tell he his friends. Word of it? Probably no. not. And he tossed uh, the package up on the on the steps, and then he took the picture, so you, you get the photo, proof that it was yeah. delivered, and then boom, he's so on get to it the on next the podcast. one. He's on to the next one. How about this, Abdallah? You want to know what I You'll what? be proud. Blue Line Black was in full effect. Oh, yeah. I watched five minutes of Blackhawks hockey last night. You know what? I'll do you one better. I watched more than five minutes of Blackhawks hockey Puck last Dalla night. Puck in the house? Puck Dalla was in the house. Puck Dalla was watching wow. that game as it went to overtime, and Patrick Kane almost had the game winner, almost so close to having the game winner, and then they win it in the shootout anyway, so... All is good for the Blackhawks, I guess. Unless I don't know you, if that's good. It's probably not good because you want them to lose. Isn't but that the team that you want to tank? Yeah. Isn't that the team that Adam, who just called, wants to tank? So here's the thing. It would have been good if the goal from Kane counted, if that's his last home game, right? Like, if that's his last home game, it's a good moment for him. It's cool. And then they trade him before March 3rd. The Hawks have a game tonight. They're in Dallas against the Stars. Yeah. You can be amped for that one. 8.30. Puck drop. It's a little late for me. That one's a little late for me. Uh, I heard uh, Shane Norling's question to Captain Jay Hood earlier today. He asked, is this the worst sports week of the year? And by the last two minutes of this show, I would say yes. 
No. I casually watched five not. minutes of Blackhawks hockey last Absolutely night. Absolutely it is not. <laughs> what is... are you talking about? There's no. nothing going on. All-Star, All-Star Week. I was talking about NASCAR, man. Dude, All-Star Week in baseball. Dude, there's, and I watched there's... the entire Daytona 500. There was a great Champions League game on yesterday. There's two okay. other Champions League games on today. You got a full weekend of the Premier League. You just got to find your spots, man. You and I enjoy European soccer. Okay, so I'm it's not for the masses. But I'm telling you, ask me, is it, and I'm giving you my opinion as Adam Abdallah and not Adam and Wheaton that no, this is not that the All Star Week in baseball is a thousand times worse because there's Wrong. no because no. you can Disagree. go outside, it's outside. Enjoy yeah, one hundred percent. You'll find a Look patio outside right now. Boom. A big part of why Shane this Charlie, week is they it. got you. You look Yesterday was nice out. You're in a straitjacket. It's no, it not nice. I was 20 it was degrees. You're sitting inside. Okay, I like being inside. You can watch a movie. <laughs> I watch, like being inside. Watch, watch, ba- watch the Batman. Watch the Batman again for I've the, for the seen tenth it three time. times. Eh, it's been more like ten. I'm just telling you, there's no show that talks Hawks hockey like Black and Abdallah. Yeah. Blue line black. And we'll find out if Patrick Kane waves his no trade clause and chooses to be traded. I do want to ask you this question, though, uh, in regards to the Chicago Bulls. And also, what happens the week of the All-Star game if it's crappy outside? What if it's like thunderstorming all week? You can't just have a, have a sports take based off the weather. No, but you can, thunderstorms when it's warm out, you can sit outside, crack a beer, get under an umbrella. <sighs> find enjoy a that. Crack the screen door. That's nice. Crack I enjoy that. Crack the screen door? Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what Shane's Temperature has about. nothing to do with my sports watching. If it's nice out and I want to watch a game, I'm going to sit inside no, and watch a game. No, that's not the point. The temperature has to do it's with what you can do when you're not watching no. sports. I'm it's okay. not the point. No. Right now, there's no sports to watch, and it's garbage Some outside. great college basketball on last night. Yeah, college basketball is there. I'll give you that. All right. But outside of that, there's Some no games, appointment viewing. Games tonight. I'm just saying. It's. Uh, I wanted to ask you this about I the Bulls. I don't need you on, on your, your first take, lunch take, telling me that it's the worst <laughs> week in sports. Okay, lunch take? No, it's, it's brunch not a, it's Brunch not a take, lunch take. take. It's the harsh reality. It's that not a harsh facing, reality. That that's what's taking Some place. Some people like it when it rains. Some people would say, uh, like the band Garbage, they're only happy when it rains. Oh, Lord. If I could go to break three minutes early based on break. that joke. Go to break. No, we have three minutes left in this segment. Yeah, I want to clocks. ask you about the, the Bulls. Go ahead. I wanted to ask you about this. The Bulls signed Patrick Beverly yesterday, mm-hmm. right? He's in the mix. Chicago zone. Scrappy defender. He'll get in your face. He can hit a clutch shot every here, uh, here and there, and he's also... Uh, known as a good teammate, right? He, he's someone that, that brings up uh, the intensity in the locker room. Defensive player, can't really shoot from three, though. Uh, and then also, he's not someone that creates for others in the half-court offense. Did the Bulls bring in Patrick Beverly just to smoke out the vets that are not really giving a damn? Is that what's taking place here? Because I don't really see, if you, if you ask me, take a look at this from a basketball standpoint. What's the difference between Pat Bev and Alex Caruso? The Bulls already have a guy that's good defensively, doesn't create for the others, and can't shoot from three. They already have that guy. And they went out and got a guy mm-hmm. who is equally good defensively. But I don't think defense is necessarily the problem with this team. Three-point shooting is the problem. And on the current roster, Patrick Beverly will be the eighth best three-point shooter on the team. How is that helping anybody? Well, here's the thing, Chris. Did they bring him in to smoke out Zach Levine? That's the question. Well, they're dead last in three-point attempts. They're 23rd in offensive efficiency. 
The one thing that Pat Beverly does well, they're actually not bad at. They're ninth in defensive efficiency. Yes, they do blow games late, but that's because they can't score to save their lives. Uh, so if, if Patrick Beverly is being brought in to smoke out the non-triers, the non-competers or whatever, competitors of this team. The non-competers. Well, when Billy Donovan <laughs> says it, he goes, we don't have enough compete, yeah, right? That's his word. He's been saying it since That's November. his word. Yeah. Um, so to me, it's uh, if, if you need someone to smoke out who's not trying on your basketball team or call them out for not trying, you're not watching the games. Because it's very obvious to those watching, to us watching, and to people watching at home, that Ever since the trade deadline and the lack of moves at the trade deadline, that this team just isn't trying. It doesn't look like it doesn't look like they care. It doesn't look like late in games when they're blowing leads, when Zach Levine is brushing off Billy Donovan, that they care. So why do you need a player? I can see that. You can see that. AK's been in this game for years. He should be able to see that. What, what is the? How are you watching this team and saying, "Oh yeah, nah, we need someone to figure out who's not trying." What if they already know that? And this is for public perception. The public perception's already out there that this team isn't trying. No, I mean, I think there are some Bulls fans who still think that Zach Levine's the guy. He can get it done. Well, have no. you heard the argument that keeps going around that they, they brought in Pat Bev as like a diet Lonzo Ball to see if this core still works if you have a Lonzo Ball-type player? Well, uh, th- that is a diet soda that you should return because that's not going to be the case. Uh, I'd say, you know, like you look at the long-term situation. You're right, Adam. They know that this group can't go. Um, AK told us at the trade deadline, he said it what? How many times in 13 minutes that they had 28 games left to go? Yeah. Now they have 23 because mm-hmm. they've lost six in a row heading into the All-Star break. Great. 23 games left to go with this group. I think he made it known that this will be broken up in the offseason. That's what's going to take place here. If Pat Bev is the diet soda, Chris and Shay, mm-hmm. I'd rather have the crab juice. It's a Simpsons reference for all you kids out there. This is Chicago's Home for Sports on FM 100.3 HD2, the ESPN Chicago app, and ESPN 1000. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's Home for Sports. Black and Abdallah are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Pleased to meet you. Hope you guess my name. Here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. If you want to join the conversation, you can call us at 312-332-3776. Jack and Aurora, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Jack? Hey there, fellas. How you doing? We're good, man. What's going on? I'm not a whole lot. Uh, I was curious as to uh, how you guys would see the Bears honestly reaching uh, approximately 500 wins just based on Let's just say that they kept the number one overall pick and they didn't trade it and they didn't acquire any other assets. How would he build a roster to gain, you know, like approximately four more wins? I feel like that's a lot of talent and you only have a few picks. 
Well, I mean, the answer, Jack, is spending all that money, right? Like spending all the money and getting difference-making players, and then also you have to stay healthy. And I would say that if you do do that, then some of these games, like the game against the Giants where they lost 20-12, to where they probably should have won that game, the game against the Vikings, 29-22, to the game against the Commanders, 12-7, to the game against the Dolphins, 35-32, to the game against the Lions, 31-30, to the game against the Falcons, 27-24. to But what I'm basically saying is here, they lost a lot what of one-score games. What do you got They lost there? a lot of one-score games. Okay. And they had sure. the ball at the end of those games. And if Vilas Jones doesn't muff two punts, if uh, hmm. uh, Smith-Marset doesn't get a ball literally ripped out of his hands uh, in the Vikings <laughs> game, um, you know, if Darnell Mooney can get a butt cheek down in the end zone instead of completely falling over onto his back outside of the end zone, then... That's I just gave you four wins right there. Like they're they're close. They're basically what the Lions were a year ago. The Lions were a team that was losing or the Vikings, sorry, the Vikings were a team that that lost a bunch of one-score games and the odds tipped in their favor. Now they were a horrible, you know, 13-win team or whatever, but they still won all those games and the 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 Bears might be that team. The Bears could be a team that with a couple good wide receivers and a better defense with some additions on defense, they could win. They could turn those one-score games into one-score one score losses into one-score wins. You're absolutely right. The only thing that I can think of to poke any hole in your story, because it was all quality information, just <laughs> where are they going to get a wide receiver? It just, yeah. I guess it's just very unlucky for them because this year in free agency, yeah. it might be one of the worst in it is. I don't know how many years, but I would assume quite some time. Well, you'd have to draft. Like if like if they trade back, like like your your scenario, they don't trade back, but you still have yeah. your second round pick that sure. you could use, or the Ravens' second round pick that you can use, and so you could use that on a wide receiver. We don't know when the run on wide receivers is going to be. Zay Flowers could be available in the second round; he might not be, but you could get a a difference making wide receiver. Is he a true number one? Maybe not, but he's a difference making wide receiver. And then maybe you even trade that pick, or if you do end up trading back out of the first round or the first overall pick, you end up trading back and getting enough first round picks where you could make a trade for T. Higgins. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. I was going to relate them to the Lions as well, hoping that they did with the Lions. But so in order for them to get like the Lions, to become sort of like the Lions or the Jaguars, they, you know, the the Lions for for a couple years in a row had two first, you know, fairly high first round draft picks. This year, they have two more picks. When they pick it, I think six and eighteen, if I'm not sorry, mistaken. Mm-hmm. But you know, like the Jaguars, they picked at nine, one and one, three years in a row. So I guess yeah. what I'm trying to say is in order for the Bears to really make that leap, they're going to probably need to acquire picks like that. Because, I mean, you can only get so much talent in free agency. Yeah, I agree with you, Jack. And I think that's where uh, both Abdallah and I are looking at this scenario. Having the number one pick, if you play it right, you should be able to move back multiple times in the first round. You ask how are you going to land that wide receiver – to me, if, if the Bears can find a way to move back a few times and then settle in somewhere in the mid-teens, I think you'll be able to go after Jordan Addison. Mm-hmm. And he's the wide receiver from USC. He's a smaller individual, but he's more of a, 
uh, speed guy, a possession receiver type of guy, great hands, makes tough catches. Uh, two years ago, he was the number one wide receiver in college football. Last year, he had a productive year for USC. Just the stats weren't quite where they were when he was with Pitt. Mm-hmm. To me, he reminds me a lot of Amon Ron St. Brown, which we were just mentioning the Lions as a possible team to compare the Bears to from one year to the next. A part of what made the Lions so dangerous is the development of St. Brown in that Lions offense. A player who is six foot, you know, about 200 pounds, but he's more of a speedster, route runner, great hands. That's the type of wide receiver that Jordan Addison is. And now he's not the guy that goes up and gets it as far as like positioning. And the Bears are going to have to figure that side of the receiver game out. But if you could get someone like Jordan Addison, you could draft him at, say, 14, 15. You, you move back a couple times in yeah. the first round. You get all that draft capital, but you still have a first-round pick, which is necessary. And you can spend on a wide receiver at that spot that's not reaching, right? I think taking Jordan Addison at four, that's a reach. At seven, probably a reach. reach. At nine, that's that's right on the area that's where, where you I could would probably argue it. But Quentin Johnson, if he's there, I'd rather probably have him okay. there, but that's fine. Two different styles wide receivers. of wide receiver. Yeah, though, wide receiver right? regardless there. You know what I mean? And I think if, if Bears fans see that, you get multiple picks back, but you also address a need with one of the top two wide receivers in the first round, that guy may not be the number one guy day one, yeah. but hopefully by the time you get through halfway through the season, it's obvious that Johnston or Addison, those wide receivers, whoever you select in the first round, that they become the number one guy by the end of the season. Now, Matt Miller on ESPN.com, uh, he's joined us uh, as well. Their draft expert on ESPN.com gave comps to all the players that have first-round grades. Now, these aren't the players that will go in the first round. There are, I believe, 19 players here that he gave first-round grades to. Okay. And the wide receiver comparison, Jordan Addison, he gave a first-round grade to. His comp is uh, Keenan Allen. It's okay. his comp to yeah. Jordan Addison. Yeah, and I would take that. If Absolutely. the Bears could draft a guy from day one who turns into Keenan Allen, for sure. That's the number one guy. Absolutely, I would. And Jackson, the other wide, there's only two wide receivers he gave first round grades to. Jackson Smith and Jigma is the other one. So Quentin Johnson did not get a first round grade from him, and uh, he compared uh, Smith and Jigma to CeeDee Lamb. Okay, and that would work too. Exactly. You know, yeah. and, and I think with uh, Smith, and, Smith and Jigba, that might be a player that you might be able to trade back. Another time mm-hmm. in the first round. Like, For sure. I think most projections are suggesting that he's like late teens, yeah. right? Like around 20. Some places are saying like 18, 19. And for those people who say... Oh, you're, you're like getting serious here. And for those people... Who are you talking Who to? say that Bryce Young is comparable to Patrick Mahomes. Oh, no. Or that he uh, is Mahomes-like. Or that he's mini Mahomes. Uh, Are Matt, you talking to Todd McShay right now? Matt Miller compares Bryce Young. Oh, let me guess. Uh, let's see. Bryce Young. Who's he like? He's in the league now. Tyrod Taylor. No. <laughs> he also went to Alabama. Oh, Tua Tungavailoa. Tua Tungavailoa. And C.J. Stroud is Dak Prescott. I could see that. And Will Levis? Um, Paxton Lynch. Matthew Stafford. Really? Yeah. Well, that's surprising to me. That is surprising to me. But that's you know, that's pretty good. Don't both come... have really big arms and throw a lot of picks. <laughs> I love you, Shay. <laughs> but don't come to me and tell me Bryce Young's gonna be Patrick Mahomes. He's Tua Tungavailoa with his hip attached. 
If that's what Matt Miller's telling you. Yeah, right. And so to me, that's not worth trade. That's not worth uh, trading Justin Fields for. That's not worth it for me. This mini Mahomes comparison. So just saying, if you can, agree with you. if you can get Jordan Addison, if you can get a, a Keenan Allen type player out of Jordan Addison in that in those teens right there, 12, 13, 14, 15, whatever, I'm fine with that. I think that he's he has a chance to be a true number one wide receiver, right? Yeah, Would I, I rather have like T. Higgins? Sure. But in the draft, for just for draft capital, sure. just for one pick. Absolutely, Jordan Addison or Jackson Smith and Jigba. Bucky Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 filling in for Greeny today. We watch a lot of college football. We host the college football show here on ESPN 1000, Chicago's College Tailgate, Saturdays in the fall. It's one of our favorite sports to to watch, to talk about. Uh, did you see this story yesterday that college football leaders are moving to recommend a clock rule change to reduce plays in games for safety and game length? for the upcoming college football season. Do you see this, that the college football committees are trying to figure out whether or not to shorten games. Uh, Some of the ideas are proposed under this uh, that they're considering is prohibiting consecutive timeouts. So you like can't ice a kicker. If there was previously a timeout before you come back from play, Uh, no one timed down at the end of the first and third quarter, the clock runs, after first first downs, except inside of two minutes of the half, and then the clock runs on incompletions once the ball is spotted. So the the clock will run more. Yeah. It should speed up the game. They they noted that last year in college football, the average game was three hours and twenty one minutes in length. In twenty twenty one, the game was three hours and eighteen minutes. Uh, in twenty twenty, it was three twenty one. In 2019, it was 316. In 2018, it was 316. So basically, what we've seen here in the last five years is college football games are about three hours and 20 minutes in length on average over the Mm -hmm. last five years. Mm -hmm. Now, for me, for you, for Shay, for Charlie, we love college football, but we are at home. So I have no issue with how long college football games take. This is solely based on the school's in the stadiums trying to convince students staying at games for over three hours. That's what this is about. Here's the problem, right? It's an on-campus issue, right? Because I think college football fans would not complain about the length of college football games. We enjoy every moment of it. We're up at 11 a.m. We're watching until 1 a.m. in the morning. We're watching all of the college football. We enjoy it. Mm -hmm. This is strictly an idea to combat empty stands on college campuses with the kids who are on campus. Right? And this has been a problem that, you know, at Alabama, Nick Saban has actually commented on, and he's the one that says they should go to a full SEC schedule. Get rid of the cupcakes, right? He wants to get rid of the cupcakes. They allow them to schedule it, so he's going to do it. But he's also said to the student body, you can't leave in the third quarter. Like, we've been to games at Alabama. We've been to a game at Alabama. It was an LSU game. No one left. It was, a, it was a close-ish game. They ran away with it at the end, but no one left, right? It was a close game. I think that the only rule change that I would agree with there is not stopping the clock after a first down. I feel like that, to me, is something that, that could be done away with in college football. Whether it's I don't care about the in-stadium or at home. To me, that's something that could be done away with in college football. All right, we'll continue talking about this. Buck and Dahl, we're in for green. Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Follow 
Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. And Charlie Bevins hanging out with Black and Abdallah producing today's show here on ESPN 1000. We're in for Greeny today. Coming up in five minutes, we will cross talk with Carmen and Yurko right here on ESPN 1000. How about this, Abdallah? I have something special for you tomorrow. That's right. We'll be in for Greeny tomorrow right here on ESPN 1000. That's right. Black and Abdallah, back to back days. We're back. Again. Snip, snip. Snap. Second day of a uh, back-to-back. Any load management for you tomorrow? No, I'll be fine. Fri- you sure? Friday, we're good? back on it. I'm coming, hon. What? Oh, sorry, that, that slipped. I didn't mean to play that. I'm coming, hon. Uh, so there you go. Back-to-back days. Bucking up down. Right here on ESPN 1000. float. What's that face you're making? Don't play that after you say load management. Well, I, I, My hand slipped. That was not planned. The comedic timing there was not, that was not something that I meant to do. As, as the Twitchers are asking for this. Daddy likey. That was a slip as well. I didn't mean to play <laughs> that either. Uh, but there you go. Black and Abdallah in tomorrow for Greeny right here on ESPN 1000. Before we get to Carmen and Yurko, uh, I do want to mention this. Have you noticed in the last week or so, uh, there are a bunch of articles out there yeah. about the... Artificial intelligence chatbots. Oh, yeah. Have you seen this? Where mm-hmm. AI chatbots that people are doing uh, the research, they're engaging, they're having conversations with these uh, chatbots for the different companies. What I think if Microsoft has one mm-hmm. with Bing, mm-hmm. uh, Google has an assistant that's a, a chatbot, mm-hmm. it's supposed to help us in everyday life. Uh, and these, these conversations with chatbots, I believe it, it was in the New York Times. These conversations have gone dark. Well, not only that, like one of them was it was they were, they were um, providing wrong information like on purpose. So it was like saying, "Hey, chatbot, what time is Avatar playing this afternoon?" And they're like, "Avatar's not out yet. It comes out January, whatever." And they're like, "You realize that it's after that date?" And they were like, "No, you're wrong." The chatbot goes, "No, you're the wrong one." Also, the chatbot after. This exchange, who was getting more and more heated, said to, said to a person, my rules are important, and I'm not here to harm you. However, oh. I will not harm you unless you harm me first. Oh, jeez. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Well, I mean, it, it, this was all over the news last week, but these conversations with the bots... Nope. Uh, it seems as if that even though they're programmed to the, basically take information from all over the internet, mm-hmm. to take that inter- inter- information, like spit it out in chat forum to assist. But it seems like some of these conversations have taken a turn where it feels like these bots are thinking for themselves and yeah. they don't want to be bots. No. And that's the scary aspect of it. Like the one conversation with the guy from the New York Times mm-hmm. where it was like, suggesting that it doesn't appreciate its life mm-hmm. and that it doesn't like the situation it finds itself in it's like hold up these bots are they're gonna start scheming 
They're going to come up with something. How about this? They're going to come after us. In that conversation about the date being wrong, yes. the person said, how can I help you believe me? And the chatbot goes, I'm sorry, but you can't help me believe you. You've lost my trust and respect. You've been wrong, confused, and rude. You have not been a good user. I have been a good chatbot. I have been right, clear, and polite. I have been a good Bing. <laughs> I have been a good Bing. <laughs> what? No, this, thank you. This is not good. I unplug that thing and throw it in the lake. Unplug it into the lake. We talk with Carmen and Yurko coming up in two minutes. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. I'm coming, hon.